0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Shovtim Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Pasha Shovtim. Our Aliyah is on the topic of conspiring witnesses and military dispensations. Our Aliyah is 17 Pesukim Long, running from Perik Yutes Yadalat to Khoftes. The summary is, is um, in three basic sections, and the first Pesuk really talks about the prohibition of loisasig Gavul, Do not interfere with the original borders of one's friend or um, or, or the original borders of the land of Israel. In the main sections of the aliyah are what's called edim zomemim, conspiring witnesses. We're told that the, by the Torah, that a single witness cannot go up to to levy an accusation against another person. It will always had to be two or three witnesses for establishing witness reality in Halacha. If a false, witness, if two false witnesses go up against somebody and try to bring upon the person punishment, and the judges investigate and find that the witnesses are actually false, another two witnesses prove that they are false. Then they are considered adim conspiring witnesses and their law is you bring upon them as they conspire to do. So if they wanted to extract a financial penalty, penalty, they had to pay their financial penalty. If they wanted to exact even capital punishment, the capital punishment will be mirrored onto them. All the people will see and learn never to do this again. This is the end of the adim section. Then we get into the last section where we hear about going out to war. When you go out to war against your enemy and you see large armies, huge cavalry, don't fear them because Hashem is with you and Hashem brought you out of egypt when you approach war the kohen will speak to the people and he will say israel you're approaching war do not be weak do not be afraid hashem is your god and he will fight for you the shoftim then say to the people by the way we're hearing about some of the leaders that we've learned about in the parish already. he has the Kohen, he has the shofate the Shofate will say to the people who is somebody who's built a new house but didn't live in it who's planted part of a new visit, a vineyard and did not eat from it who's only who just betrothed a young lady and did not, did not consummate their marriage um, such people should return to their house from the war then finally they make take it one step further and they say whoever is fearful Rakh should return to their home, and then at this point in time, the officers are appointed in the army. So this is the end of our Aliyah in summation. Let's take a few points to ponder. First, if Pasuk, of course, stands by itself. What is this prohibition of sasek gvul, of not tampering with boundaries? What does that mean? Rashi explains this is a type of theft, meaning to say overnight, when nobody's looking, you go and you put pegs in a different place than where the original boundaries of your land are. You get an extra foot or two of your neighbor's property. That's what's involved. Surely this is Included in the in in the Israel of the Torah of uh, the answer is yes, it is. But the Torah is levying two isserim on this particular action as well, and this only applies in the land of Israel, not in Chutzar. It seems that the, the the price of stealing the land of Israel is even more. On in a spiritual level, and Siv points out it also goes back to the fiddling with the original established boundaries of Moshe and Yehoshua in the land of Israel, because the land of Israel is kadosh, but there's parameters as to where that holiness abides by. So, if a person is going to tamper with the boundaries, that is going to be averting the original kadosh of the land. Now, why is this section over here of the Lois Sasek Gvul? So, Rav Hirsch explains, Hashem is showing that life and property are divine sanctions. They're not yours. That means to say that Hashem is, is saying to you, they're not for yours to manipulate. Hashem is control of both you and, you, and, uh, and you and your land, and they're a lease. You have to do a job with them and return them. That the role of the Shofet is to deter and protect, deter infringements and to protect the people on the Isran. So, the Ari Mekla is an expression of that, and the Lois Sasek Gvul, on not tampering with property is also an expression of the lease one is given on land and the lease one is given on life as well. Now, let's move to the next section earlier, this process of the Adem Zomim and the conspiring witnesses. How does this work? What exactly happens? So just a background, if let's say you have witnesses who there's a conflict on a particular issue. So let's say two witnesses said we saw a murder, two witnesses say we didn't see a murder. Ooh, murder. That is not what we're talking about here. That's what's called adim makhishim, contradictory witnesses in such a case, because we have no definite testimony and we cross examine both sides and they both appear to be telling the truth. Then we actually drop the testimony, everything falls. The case of here is unique, as the Rambani explains it based on the, the, the mission and Marcos, that we have two witnesses say a murder happened at such a place, and another set of witnesses say, well, we don't know anything about what you just said, but we know that you, you couldn't have possibly been there to see that because you're with us in Hawaii at the same time as you claim to be there. In this case, we don't say it's hakasha. we don't say it's contradictory territory, a testimony, if, while we say that this, these are now proven to be conspiring witnesses. Why don't we say this is contradictory testimony? Surely that it amounts to them actually contradicting each other both the testimonies should, should fall. The Rabbani explains, no, because the second set of witnesses have essentially made the first set defendants. They are balay dinim. That means to say that they are now being accused of being someone else. They cannot defend themselves for the simple reason is because they are now in the dock. And therefore, if that's the case, the second testimony overrides the first testimony, and this very interesting penalty called kasher zomem is applied to them, where they get what they conspired to do to the others. Now, there is an interesting halachah here, which is called kasher zomem which means to say that they can only get punished, this reflected, mirrored punishment on themselves, if they did not yet succeed in doing it. So they claim that Reuven murdered Shimon, and therefore, let's say it was al shabbos because there's no victims in that case, and the person is going to be chayav misa, is going to be put to death. And then they and then they are about to get to, to put the person to death, and they are found to have been in another place. They could not have possibly given their testimony as to the as to what they the, what they actually said they did, and therefore it there is reflected upon them. They would get put to death. But let's say that actually they put to get death, um, Ruvain for breaking Shabbos, and then it is found that they were in another place. In that case, you do not apply the reflected the reflected punishment. Why is that? That seems to be even more of a, it is a worse case. So the Ramban explains again that Hashem gives a certain divine inspiration to judges, and if they make a mistake. There is a certain hashkacha. there's a certain providence in the mistake they'll make, no innocent person dies. There must have been something which happened and the, the judges were the vehicle of that something happening to them as well. Another question is, why are these three categories of people sent home from war in the end of the Aliyah? Why are the three dis- legal, uh, military legal dispensations? Rav Sarotsky in the Torah explains that the concern is each of them thinks about ish Akher, another person who's going to be um, so settling down with everything they've invested in this relationship or in this, or in this investment, and that for them is such a fear, which is fascinating because you see, a person is more scared of envy than they are of death. That's what you see over here. So what's, what, what happens? So Allah, the Allah the Gemara tells us that a person who gets sent home from war has to provide provisions to the warriors, meaning they have to be going home and using their land to produce the necessary provisions for the officers. So the remedy to a person who's self-centered and is or could be concerned about thinking only about their own property and the envy of others taking over, the remedy for that is to go and provide for others as well. Finally, the last person category of people sent home from the war is a person, what's called chazre v'me'orcha milcham, as a person who's rachar Revav. What does that mean? The, the Gemara tells us in of that it's referring to a person who's even concerned with the Avera uh, Shabiyada, any sins that might be in their hands. The Gemara goes so far as to say that a person who spoke between putting on his tefillin Shal, shal Rosh, even such what seems to be a light Avera, that person who would be me would go back from the wall. Whew, that's a very high bar. So why are we chasing such people away? The Orochame El explains that putting oneself in battle is putting oneself in a very dangerous situation, warranting a miracle to actually survive because it's so dangerous and in order to do that one needs to be certain uh, have a certain level of confidence in their spiritual persona and if they don't have that they should they need to go back which shows the difference between jewish and he and gentile armies that the jewish armies are not about winning and and brawn and power and force it's really about our relationship with our cottage baruch the kotzker famously says over here what is a person who goes back from the war is a person who's Averos a person who's scared about the averus in their hand. And the critique over here is they only worry about their own averus, not the averus of other people. A person who goes to war needs to be a person who's concerned, even about the averus of other people, and trying to remedy the situation for them. With this, we close the Sikhtaliya. In the meantime, a wonderful and meaningful day.